Hi, welcome to a place where conversations matter and truth matters even more. Today, I want to focus on the new church that's in town, the new church that is infiltrating our local churches, our community of believers, and what we as Christians should do about it. Okay, so on to what the woke church is. A lot of us are familiar with that term woke. It usually is associated with people on the left. However, a lot of people use that to describe like an awakening or an enlightenment that has occurred in them, an enlightenment to good versus evil, just versus, versus unjust, etc. And so that, that's kind of the, the format of the thinking of the woke church, that they have a new found enlightenment or they've returned to the, the truth. They found the truth, this like hidden truth that uh, the rest of us have Um, yet to encounter or yet to acknowledge. Usually it's comprised of people that are really concerned about social justice issues, social issues in particular. And so a lot of time and energy is spent more on fixing these, uh, the social fabric around us as opposed to personal holiness. Personal holiness usually is not the direct focus. Uh, the woke church t- typically alleviates or wants that that's, its goal is to alleviate the uh, any any type of self condemnation or guilt, shame, anything within those of minority groups, and its goal is to uh, to shine a light on and really enhance the guilt or condemnation of those that are seen in power that are seen to be the ruling class, those who rule over the others, those that are that are a part of the dominant culture. Okay, it's usually people in my age groups, a lot of millennials are concerned about this. Millennials have this tendency to really focus on, on being activists, on being active within their community. They want a cause, they want a purpose. People in general want a cause or a purpose. Millennials are really good at finding something to have a purpose or a cause to fight for or be a part of. And so it's, it's very enticing for uh, specifically people who uh, want to stand out, be different, kind of go against the grain a little bit, like go against orthodoxy. I think what's going to be most helpful, though, is to define the foundations of the woke church. What makes them separate and why do I, why am I actually arguing that they are not part of the true church, not part of a biblical understanding of who Christ is, why he came, and what we, in light of um, being the bride of Christ, what, what our mission, what our purpose on earth is. The first thing has to do with their definition of sin. Their definition of sin, specifically original sin, can kind of be boiled down into whiteness. Whiteness is the original sin. Now, what do I mean by that? So I'm going to borrow from the Just Thinking podcast. If you haven't watched it, please, or listen to it, it's a podcast, please do so by Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. They are awesome. They love God's word. They do a great job at expositing it and giving you really concrete definitions for these terms you keep hear, keep hearing being thrown around. So what is whiteness? Whiteness as a definition is anything that is not blackness. That's what we're using as this definition. 
Dr. James Cone defined blackness as the affirmation of black humanity. And there's a couple of different organizations that define whiteness and blackness in a little bit more nuanced terms. So first, the African-American History Museum, specifically to, to contrast what blackness is, they elucidate what whiteness is or give aspects of whiteness. They say that um, whiteness in the U.S. um, is represented by the nuclear family. So mother, father, two to three kids. They uh, talk about emphasis on the scientific method, that in whiteness, the scientific method is focused on hard work, being a Christian, planning for the future, delayed gratification, and the following of rigid timelines. Black Lives Matter, which kind of also defines whiteness and blackness, says that one of their missions in kind of boosting the black community, and I'm trying to put that in rather generous terms, is to dismantle what a lot of the African American History Museum, African American History Museum calls whiteness. So they want to dismantle the nuclear family. They want to dismantle heteronormatives, heterosexual normatives. They want to dismantle cisgender norms. Okay, this is all an attack on the created order. It is the pursuit of dismantling God's created order for a, for a different means, for a different gain. So th- this obviously is in contrast with how the Bible describes the, the church to be, what its identity is, and what its, what its mission in the world is. So what's interesting about some of these definitions of whiteness is that it's not all wrong, right? So when I read part of the African American History Museum's description of the aspects of whiteness, I'm not like, that's not true. No, a lot of it is true. A lot of what happens in the U.S. is very based on timelines. We live by a linear linear timeline. Time is kind of a commodity. Um, we, we do really value the scientific method. A lot of people do have two to three kids. Okay, that's, it's not like that is completely incorrect or an error. What's interesting is that those aspects are associated with being white in particular. White. And white is not in vogue right now, especially in these movements. and these social justice movements, to be white is not really celebrated or you know high-fived in any fashion, to say the least. Uh, whiteness is being rejected by the woke church as a form of promulgating a supremacy and discriminating and even being racist against minorities. That's what whiteness is seen as. Specifically, it's seen as discriminating those who are black, discriminating against those who are black. One of the primary reasons this is an issue is because you are, by definition, separating people into categories of haves and have-nots. Not for the purpose of, as Ephesians 2 says, abolishing the uh, dividing wall of hostility between you know Jews and Gentiles, but to promote anger and resentment on one side while the other side grovels and lives in perpetual self-condemnation. That is what is happening in the woke church. It is shining a light on grievances, exacerbating them, illuminating them, and not saying these are issues that we're going to, you know, even confess and repent of and move on. We're going to double down. We got to look. We got to look at your sin. We got to illuminate your sin, specifically if you're white. We don't really talk about anyone else's sin unless you're white. 
And, and that really is what the gospel is. It's taking that sin of whiteness away, cleansing it from really the face of the earth, and then somehow awakeness, being woke or being saved, attaining salvation. That's when that actually occurs. So the gospel is more than just who Christ is and what he did. It's also dismantling these, these power structures in our society. The second aspect that I think is important to talk about in the woke church is what confession is. So what is their, their equivalent to confessing sin? Confessing is confessing your white privilege. That's what you do in the woke church. Not just confess, you have to denounce it. Um, have you ever heard it's not enough to be not a racist? You have to be an anti-racist? Yeah, it's not enough to you know ask God for forgiveness, to trust in Christ, to pursue holy living. You have to be an anti-racist by their terms, not by terms that Christ actually sets out, not by terms that the Bible lists. That's because an anti-racist means you have to submit to the woke governing body what they command you to do to cleanse yourself of the immutable sin of being white. But the cleansing isn't permanent, okay? So there's no assurance of, of salvation, and we'll get into what their salvation is in just a little bit. There's no assurance. There's no sinner's prayer, right? Besides the very first part, I admit that I'm a sinner because I am privileged. I have white privilege. It's a life filled with perpetual black square posting, fist raising, banner waving. I'm white and I'm grieved by it. And I will always be grieved by the fact that I'm white. That's what you're getting into when you sign up for the woke church. But I think what's even more sinister than that is how the woke church actually treats black people. So, and this is something that people don't people people don't see as the biggest problem. They see the biggest problem being how they treat white people. And under God's law, being partial to any group of people is sin. So I'm not going to say, like some people say, well, it's okay to, you know, kind of talk down to white people because they've been, you know, in power for so long. No, there is no option for that in scripture whatsoever at all. But I think what's even the, the more insidious uh, then everything that I've already mentioned is how they treat black people. They treat black people as if they can't handle being called out for sin, number one, and number two, as if they don't have sin. People with more melanin, people with less melanin. Okay, you have more melanin? Well, you don't have as much to be, you know, sorry about. You don't have as much sin. No, we want to focus on on looking into yourself, deconstructing these, you know, colonial ideas of your of your faith and of your relationships with other people, and we want you to know that you're, you know, you are special. You are this. You are that. It's it's just a self help book over again, where God's word says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one good, no one that seeks God. There's no one that has earned salvation. Everyone is at the same level at the foot of the cross. So you want to address injustice, address it. Do not redefine the gospel and do not start telling people, even poor marginalized people, that they don't have to ask for forgiveness. Everyone does. It's this bizarre notion that like rich people can be greedy, but poor people can't. That um, beautiful people can be self-absorbed, but ugly people can't. Yeah, you can. Everyone's, everyone's sinful. Do you think that, you know, black slaves were sinless? No, they were absolutely sinned against. 
and they still needed God's forgiveness at the same time. So it's a, it's a bizarre notion that because there are people in power, they are more sinful than people that aren't in power. No, we are all perpetrators against God's holy law. Okay, so what is salvation? How do you earn salvation in the woke church? Well, you don't really, um, as a white person, as a person of color, you're kind of like, you are automatically opted in, kind of like into, and you know, when you're signing up for some, to get someone's email and they have that little checked box, like, I opt in to your emails. If you have, you know, a higher melanin count, you are opted in. You are opted in to the salvation program. But as a white person, your task is to do the work of an anti-racist. Or if I kind of expand this a little bit more and not, and not narrow it down just to specifically melanin count, another way to kind of earn your salvation is using non-gendered pronouns and going to a gay wedding and to realize that you can be gay and Christian, you can be transgender and Christian. So all of these kind of work together, all of these social justice issues work together because they're, they're, you are really defined by your level of oppressor versus oppressed. This is all a Marxist ideology, right? Marxism says that the way that society is structured is by, in, by power hierarchies. So people that are in the most power at the very top have the most money, the elite, the bourgeoisie, they are able to oppress the working class at the bottom. But the kind of neo-Marxism is all organized by dint of race, by color of your skin. So if you are white, you are at the bottom of the totem pole. If you're kind of in between, you know, you're not as white, you're a little bit higher up. And then if you're darker brown, you're higher. And then if you're really dark, you're like really high up at the top. So it's just another Marxist way to restructure society. And keep in mind when I say Marxist, I say void of God. It's a godless ideology. You cannot be communist and Christian. It does not work because one of the foundations of Marxism is a godless society that you have to take God's law out of the society. Okay, so you can't have the two next to each other. But one of the most horrible things about this process of salvation in the woke church is that there is no assurance, right? And, And this is a hallmark of any cult, that there is no assurance of salvation. You always have something else to do. Talk to a Mormon. Talk to someone who's Jehovah's Witness. Heck, even talk to someone who's Roman Catholic. There is no assurance of salvation in there. Well, I don't, we can't really know. Yeah, we can, because God words, God's word says we can. So I can be 100% sure that my inheritance is in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, waiting for me. It's not a hope that I'm like, betting on, it's a hope that I am looking toward because I know it's coming. So uh, what's different in the woke church salvation is basically you're in continual purgatory. People are trying to expiate their sins over and over and over and over. Can I do enough? Can I do enough? Can I do enough? It is really sad to see because it's, it's basically, a lot of it is preying upon people who are weak, right? Who are weak doctrinally, theologically, who haven't rested in the fact that God's work is complete in Jesus for our sins. Our sins have been forgiven. They've been done away with as far as the East is from the West. God does not see our sin against us anymore. 
a, a lot of times this, this, the people that are within this movement who aren't really the ones, you know, leading it, but within it, there are people who are aware of their inferior inferiority before God, but they don't think it's fair to receive God's grace or they're just continuously being taught that it's not enough. Right. So they don't know their Bible. They don't know that the God's word hasn't been exposited to them. So there are Christians, obviously, in this movement that have been deceived. There are Christians that are deceiving themselves and are willingly sinning doing this. And there's also a lot of false teachers and prophets in these movements. Women who call themselves pastors. No, you're not a pastor. God's word doesn't allow you to be a pastor. There is no office of the pastor for women. There are people who are promulgating ideas that have a patina of Christianity, of biblical theology, but are void of God's power. Don't acknowledge that God is who he is. Man is not the God of man. God is the God of man. He made man in his image, not the other way around. We don't get to make God in our image. Lastly, the clergy of the woke church are the activists and the sociologists. So it's, again, the Bible is not enough. We have to, you know, read this book, do this research. Uh, oh, did you see this sociologist said this, this psychologist said this. And I say, when was, when did the Bible become not enough? Well, to a lot of the people that are at the forefront of this movement, it was never enough. They're always looking for something else. So for those who have gotten caught up into this movement, there's a lot of hope in this. The hope is that there is assurance of our salvation. There is assurance in Jesus Christ. We can actually rest in that. We don't have to continuously be appeasing God, especially not appeasing people. That is not our goal in this life. So uh, again, uh, as hope for those who are caught up in this, read God's word, see what it says about sin, that your sin is forgiven, not just tolerated forgiven, taken away, at the cross, paid for, done and gone. You don't have to keep tearing that scab off and reminded of a sin that God already forgave you for. For those who are promulgating this movement, we will not fellowship with people who distort God's word. We will not have Christian fellowship with people. And I don't mean like, okay, we have different opinions on, you know, whether the sign gifts are still active and you speak in tongues. No, we fellowship together. We love God. Those who worship a different God, who, who, who hold to a different gospel, we are not in fellowship with you. We don't do ministry with you because you serve a fake Jesus. You don't serve the authentic Christ of the Bible. You are stripping people of hope, of peace, of love. You are filling them with wrath. You are filling them with discontentedness. And you're actually hating people by dint of their skin color. You are hating a group of people by dint of their skin. No matter which direction that works, in God's sight, that is abhorrent. That is an abhorrent evil that you are perpetrating. So I want to remind people, Jesus says, come to me, all of you weary and heavy laden, all of those who have had laws and rules and mandates 
heaped upon them, that they can barely walk, come to Jesus and rest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He carries it for you. So if you're experiencing this and you're constantly being told, well, you got to do this extra thing. There's just one more thing. And it sounds somewhat Christian, but there's something wrong. Go to God's word. We need to be talking to people about this. We need to be rescuing people from this hateful and religious nonsense of appeasing a God that doesn't even exist. Yeah.